what's going on guys this is episode number seven of i just want to be hiker trash i am your host hell yeah jesus I'm not really sure how to do the intro, so uh, just tried that one out. Not sure about it, but that's what we did. And by we, I mean me because I am the only one here aside from my dog who I am ignoring because he is a whiny boy and I am ed- he's annoying me. Anyways, if you notice, if you listen to any other episodes, we've got a new intro song. We're going to have a new outro song too, so you better stay tuned. It might even be the same song. I don't know, but you got to listen to the whole episode to find out. Episode number seven, seven's a lucky number, so I figured why not invite one of the luckiest guys I know, Midwest, Wesley Tills, Mega Man. He appeared on episode number two, and he's coming back. He's a triple crowner, a thru-hiker, adventurer, he's got many trails, he's written a book, he even has a new YouTube channel out. So he's coming back on to actually talk about his time, or our time together, as uh, the Slug Brothers. We had a trail family. Me, hell yeah, Jesus, Vampire, and Midwest during that time. He's now Mega Man. And we just kind of to not talk about some of the shenanigans we get into. Super pumped, as per usual. So stay tuned. Hey, What's going on, Wes? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Doing good. <laughs> do, you, do you feel weird um, being called Wes like when you're off trail? I mean, when you're... No, okay. Do you feel weird being called Mega Man when you're off trail, or do you prefer Wes off trail, or do you? You know, I'm very charmed whenever I'm called Mega Man off trail. It it mm-hmm. brings back good memories. I think whenever I'm back home and people call me Wes, especially like after a through hike and people start calling me Wes again, all of a sudden it just like that's that's like a little stab to the side. Yeah. Like, oh, you're you're a civilized man again. So. <laughs> No, I know it's, it's funny, like, um, so this guy named JR, who I'm friends with, or actually his name's Lance, but I didn't know his name was Lance. So he is from Michigan, actually, like, very close to me. And so when he got back from the trail, I, like, helped him out with the job. And so I didn't remember his name. I said, because JR stands for joint relief. He's uh, kind of a play on words, likes to mm-hmm. smoke a little bit and uh, helps the joints with the smoking. Oh, and so go. I literally had no idea. And like, I gave him my manager's email and then they're like, Oh, Hey, uh, how well do you know Lance? And I was like, don't know Lance at all. And I, <laughs> <laughs> don't know Lance. I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. My, my poor girlfriend has to get used to all of it because I have, I tell her mainly the, the, uh, trail names with everyone. Cause that's what I'm used to calling people. And then some of them, they got trail names later on and I wasn't hiking with them. And so she has to get used to people's trail names and their actual names and not know who any of these people are. So it makes it tough for her. Yeah, no, people don't understand trail names. It's kind of silly. Um, yeah. But so just, so this is the second time that you're on the podcast. Um, yeah. So people who have not listened to your first episode, I met you on the Appalachian Trail in 2016. And from there you hiked the Pacific Crest Trail and then the CDT after that. And then you've done a few other, or I say a few, but a bunch of other adventures. Um, after that, including a few of your own routes, and they can read about this all. Like, so you have a book out. What, what, yeah. The book, the books of your Triple Crown story. Yeah, yeah, it's the Triple Crown story. It um, really just what got me into hiking. So, um, like we talked about in the last episode, like being a Mormon missionary and going from that transition to being a hiker, 
and then deciding that I want to go and get the triple crown. So really it, it's from being an awkward, depressed Mormon boy to um, the king of the hiker trash. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I, I like that title a lot. That's nice. Yeah. Um, Another exciting thing is you just started a YouTube channel, which is going to be pretty neat. Like Mm -hmm. I'm eager to start hearing uh, some more of your stories. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited too. I mean, the next one that I'm working on is going to include you in it. And, and so I'm, I'm really excited because that's, I mean, the zero, I don't know if, yeah, was it a zero day or was it a Nero? But the time that we had together was probably one of the the best days that I've had on, on my triple crown journey period. Yeah. Yeah. With the Nero when we met, or what were you talking about as far as the time whenever we met up with Skeeter? Oh, with Skeeter. Yeah. 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 Okay. I want to talk about the story, but first, if anyone wants to listen to your YouTube, what's your YouTube channel before? Yeah. My YouTube channel is Vagrant Biking 93, just like my Instagram uh, account. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's so. We had been together at that point for actually not that long, but it felt like longer for whatever yeah. reason. Because that was, we met with Skeeter in Warren, New Hampshire, and that was right after Mount Musalak, I believe. Yeah. Was it Warren? I was, I was thinking it was Gorham, but maybe it was Warren. I think it's Warren. I just remember because in 2018, I went to that town because that uh, that gas station that we had gone to to resupply was closing down. So hikers were like, you're getting, I'm getting ho-hos for half off like that's just selling so much stuff for really cheap which is terrible for the town and like and the people are losing their jobs <laughs> so it's kind of bad but i hitched into that town and then i asked the i recognized one of the ladies and i asked her if she had, uh re- re- no skeeter and he's like yeah he still hangs around Warren, new hampshire yeah um but yeah so that day started off as like we were supposed to just keep hiking but i fucked up dude and i didn't have enough food and so I was like, can we please go into Warren to go to the gas station really quick and get some food? Yeah. And from there, we just, we hitched in a town. And then would you remember what happened after we hitched in a town? Yeah, definitely. You want me to tell the story? Yeah, or, let's do it. All right, let's go into it. <laughs> so yeah, we, uh, yeah, me, you and Vampire, we hitched into town. And um, while we were at the gas station, we were getting some beers and and whatnot, and we run into old Skeeter, who was a, a as he proclaimed a gypsy and a motivational speaker. And he pops up and he um, tells us that he wants to show us the best watering hole in United States, according to if I remember correct, the New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> And it's so difficult to say no to that because, you know, the trail is all about experience. So we said yes. Along the way, we had uh, two girls that um, we ran into back and forth that were there in town, Wilderness She-Wolf and uh, Moose Muffin. And we went down to the watering hole. We drank a lot and had a good time and uh, got pretty sauced. And then he told us, well, how would you guys like to come down to my place, which was a 1800s uh schoolyard that he was rebuilding and we couldn't say no to that either so (laughs) (laughs) so we went on down there and and uh yeah i mean just the progression of that day just got wilder and wilder yeah well and i also want to say like too for people who don't like so skeeter's an interesting name um but he's also like the way he came out of his truck like it wasn't the nicest truck which is 
nothing's wrong with that. But he just comes out of this like loud truck. I remember. And he's just super pumped on us being through hikers. And he has this like backwards hat and like, like super long dreads, um, shirtless, very tanned man. Um, and I remember his just, I don't know if he was missing teeth or his teeth weren't very, were just interesting. Um, but that guy loved to smile. I was like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm so happy for the confidence in this guy. He loved it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He was, he was all about life. I appreciate his, uh, enthusiasm with life, but he did uh, a lot of tall tales. (laughs) He, yeah, yeah. He was pretty out there. And I think to me, what kind of made him a funny character also was his friend that he had, which I can't remember his name, but all I remember Anthony, right. Was it Anthony? Was it Anthony? It was Who something. he didn't even know that long. He acted like he had known this guy for like years. And yeah. we get to the schoolhouse and he had known this guy for like a, a week or so, a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I, I just remember meeting him and how polar opposite this guy was compared to Skeeter. Skeeter was so outgoing and extroverted and talking to us and wanting to hang out with all of us. And then we got his friend, all Anthony, who was like, quiet reserved kind of avoidant didn't really want to have anything to do with us just like fixing up the schoolyard and one to be left alone and it was, it was a, a beautiful combination i thought no it was yeah, it was very silly like i loved it because like we had gotten so pumped for this schoolhouse and stuff and like um yeah we did get pretty sauced at the the, the watering hole um but then yeah i got we got to the the schoolyard and i just completely felt like oh man we shouldn't be here Anthony does not want us here. <laughs> and that was true. He didn't want us here. <laughs> no, he didn't, dude. And, like, Skeeter just invited us to his friend's house, who I thought he had known for years, and this, this guy barely knows. We get invited to this house. And then, but what happened, though, is, like, so Anthony made a fire. Somehow there's a fire started. Yeah. And then next thing I know, like, the locals start coming in, or at yeah. least a few. Yeah, and I mean... I have no idea how exactly that came about. I think Skeeter must have drove off. And I don't remember if he drove off with the two girls that we were with during that time or later. But he, they just started popping up. And we got a few locals uh, along with a very interesting woman who I remember was probably more sauce than we were and was talking about wrestling pigs and how <laughs> she, could, uh, she, could, she could beat up any of us because she wrestles. 400 pound pigs and and she kept just talking about that the whole night about how she could like take old, take on this guy and beat up this guy and yeah kind of bullying everyone but <laughs> yeah. because the like the joking nature of it we kind of just all laughed at the same time and didn't like get offended over her demeanor yeah but it was a little bit aggressive i was a bit like oh, okay I'm, i probably don't want to fight you um yeah. i'm probably okay i believe you you can take me <laughs> yeah <laughs> And we were, li- we were literally drinking. I remember like, was it daffodil wine that we were drinking? <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Yeah. That Anthony had brewed and we were very trust. I just remember it was so silly because we had just been so trusting. We just yeah. get in the truck of this man Skeeter who is jazzed about everything. And just, I've never been that trusting in my life and it, it worked out. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes that's part of the hiker trash culture is that we're so um, vulnerable. And so we're so ready to like anyone that's offering anything good. We're almost like little kids just like come up to a guy in a truck. who's like, oh, here's a free lollipop. And we're like, oh, yeah. cool, free candy. Like, this is a good guy. And, and in this case, it ends up serving us well. But I mean, there's been other times on trail where it hasn't served me well, where trusting people has definitely bit me in the Ooh. butt. 
That's right, dude. Yeah. Well, I want to ask about that. But first, before I forget, I do want to mention this one thing that I want to know if you remember. Mm-hmm. So do you remember? So we drank many things from Skeeter's bag. But he said, he said, if you if you take anything in this bag, it's going to kill you. Or if you take anything from this bag, it can kill you unless I give it to you. Oh. Do you remember saying something like that? That's that's disappointing on my part because I don't. But oh, dude, I remember him saying that. I was like, um, okay, dude, that just makes sense. I don't know why. <laughs> if you give it to me, it negates the killing effects. But he said <laughs> that like like he would just say that like randomly. Um, so there was just I remember that being just, it was such a good night, but it was just like so many also red flags. But yeah, I remember like one of the feelings I had with that night was just like like I was tripping and drunk and everything but we had our backpacks and my whole thought the whole time was he's gonna steal my shit he's gonna steal my shit and so like i was like even though i'm i'm uh pretty out there right now i still have enough consciousness to like keep my wits about me and always just check just go back and turn my head from time to time and see if skeeter's back there with his half his body inside my backpack pulling (laughs) out (laughs) valuables but he never did that and that was uh one of the best parts of it is that nothing bad happened in the end, but it very well could have given the yeah. circumstance. Well, I think Skeeter and I don't mean to just shouldn't ski because I think he's like a really good guy. I think a like very genuine guy. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know if he's done any bad things as, as far as uh, breaking the law, but as, as far as like how he treated us, he was very nice and welcoming. Um, I do think it was really funny is like he got us water in the middle of the night and like we yeah. were chugging it, dude. I remember just loving the water and then waking yeah. up in the morning and it was just completely like, I remember it was like brown. It was just like river oh. water. Oh dang! I didn't. I didn't. God, I, I was so oblivious to all the bad signs. But dude, yeah, I remember that, and I'd be like, "Oh my god, yeah, we're gonna get sick." Because it was just like this. I don't know if it was like an Arizona tea thing. You know, it was just whatever, like like a gallon jug or something. Maybe it was yeah. just a gallon jug of, but it was just like brown. And I remember we didn't even know that that night. We just were chugging it. He just literally got it from the river. Oh my God. Yeah. In my mind, I was just like, yeah, he probably filtered it. But thinking back on, and after hearing that detail, he definitely didn't filter it. And, no. You know, I got pretty sick afterwards and it makes me wonder how much like, cause it was the neurovirus I got. And I wonder how much of that oh, was dude. Yeah. maybe like, maybe it was a stomach bug instead and caused by him, you know, it, it cause like it's still open for debate. I got no diagnosis. So true. Yeah. Do you also remember when he was dropping us off? He said, you guys are going to hike the best day you've ever hiked in your life. And we were feeling so hungover. And like, I, I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I think I'm feeling absolutely terrible. He's like, no, you guys are going to kill it. And yeah. then he gave us these huge rocks. He was yeah. like, very important, like rocks to give that we're supposed to carry, but they're heavy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know the significance. Do they look cool or are they just like regular rocks? If I remember right, they were... They were either like colorful or geode-esque, but they were kind of cool. And I remember like wanting to keep it, but I think, yeah, all of us agreed this is worthless weight to carry on the trail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just chucked it on the trail. Oh, sorry, going. Skeeter, man. Didn't t- keep the rock. <laughs> yeah. Skeeter, it was one funny thing I remember about him was how positive he was the whole yeah. time, you know, like, especially because we all kind of had a darker sense of humor and yeah. one of the um, I guess I'll, I'll continue on with the story that um, he gave us those chocolate bars and in the chocolate bars were mushrooms. And he told us, just eat one at a time and see how you're feeling and go from there. And I was like, all right. And so I eat one and vampire eats one and you eat one. And um, me and vampire are both like, oh, I'm not really feeling anything. So we eat another 
and then we eat one more. And so I think in total, we had like three grams of uh, mushrooms and it was my first time doing mushrooms. And we all got in, in our, like our mod was one of our characters, the, uh, the guy who just wanted the cayenne pepper. Oh yeah. Well, do you remember it really quick for you? Do you remember that Skeeter told us when we asked him, he's like, I usually take a quarter of this. Cause like, we were worried about it. Oh. We're like, is this going to, I was just like, Hey, my we just like, we're not feeling it. Is this okay? And he's like, yeah. I usually just take a quarter of one. Dang. Yeah. I, I don't remember that. I remember him just being very cautioned about it being like, like don't take more than one unless you're not feeling anything, then take one more and call it good. And I mean, vampire ends up taking three, but <laughs> Yeah, no, that's crazy. Anyways, yeah, we got caught in the cayenne pepper guy. Cayenne yeah. pepper. Yeah, How, cayenne pepper. Yeah, his, his mod just wants a cayenne pepper, and, and he's just depressed and wants to blow his brains out or something because all he wants is the cayenne pepper. Cayenne but <laughs> can a guy just get some cayenne pepper? And his whole family's like, "Come on, mod, be happy." And they just, <laughs> and they just keep like. They're just always like bring family over and everyone's just all happy to see him. And he's like, <laughs> meanwhile, just like try and put a toaster in the bathtub with himself and just doing the, the most. Oh, Ma. <laughs> Ma, get out of the bathtub and come say hi to your friends, Maud. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I, I want to get back at that voice. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And was... So we started going off on that stuff and we started going off on just like various just like depressed suicidal but with a humor tone to it and i remember skeeter like jumping over to us while we're like laughing uncontrollably he's like guys don't talk about this stuff and we're all just like like fuck you and just like keep going (laughs) oh yeah and i just remember the the feeling of seeing like watching skeeter just feel so powerless like he wanted to be this motivational speaker and up talk us and he said we're having the time of our life talking about the worst things possible oh yeah that's right yeah, and he just like eventually like gives up and just storms off and hangs out with Wilderness She Wolf, who I think he was trying to get with. So no, that's I completely forgot. This is very funny. Yeah, so yeah, we went on this like yeah, very uh, nihilistic. Yeah, like humor <laughs> of just. Oh, I I mean I don't know what vampire is feeling, but I was very depressed then. I mean I'll, I'll deal with depression my whole, whole life, yeah. but yeah, I think we all had a a touch of it for sure. Yeah. Um. But yeah, dude, that was funny because Skeeter was wanted to be our motivational speaker the whole time. He was trying to motivate us. Yeah. And we were just the antithesis of uh, being positively motivated. We were motivated yeah. by the negatives of life. Yeah. Another thing I remember about him was he wanted to play some music and um, he was like, all right, guys, recommend some music. And I'm I'm never into like any pop music or anything. I've always kind of liked my folky old songs, the songs that make me feel like old time hobo life and everything. And so This Land is Your Land is one of my favorite songs uh, <laughs> written by Woody Guthrie back in the yeah. 19 what like 10s or whatever while he was vagabonding around on on but on uh trains. And I was like, let's do that. And he's like, nah, that's a that's a lame song. He kind of like shot it down hard. And then he is like I can't remember what song he is, but in my mind, it's the song that's like, I don't want to ba da ba da 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 da. I think that's oh, what yeah, he's yeah. singing. And none of us were feeling it. And we're all just like, just like, yeah, brother, sing it. And just like popping oh, yeah. him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, just watching him be like so awkward as like we're making fun of this supposed <laughs> motivational speaker. And <laughs> yeah, because he, wa- he really wanted this like campfire, like, 
hoorah like we're just we're all standing yeah. around the fire and he's singing and we're vibing yeah that's right and then hulk hogan who is another one of our characters that we always yeah. talked about came out yeah and that that was another thing is that at first we were called the brothers before we oh that's right we met well, up with skeeter yeah the the um two girls that we actually ran into they called us the brothers because we'd always hey there brother and just <laughs> talk like hulk hey hogan. there brother yeah <laughs> And then while we're tripping, we're all talking about Hulk Hogan having a one-inch dick and, like, the way to get it is to, like, get steroids. And so we're just, like, we're, like, talking about visualizing Hulk Hogan appearing and just be like, brothers, you gotta have a one-inch dick, brother. Come on. And then, like, he he showed us his little vagina and then disappeared. And we're all just, like, dying from laughter over the most absurd shit. Yeah. Oh, God. I think what just made that night all the better was just, like, Skeeter's trying to, like, create this like healing process for us and we're all just diving into our our fucked up trauma natures and yeah laughing about it and like bonding and having camaraderie (laughs) over over our absurdist nihilistic kind of humor yeah no not bigger than a one inch one inch (laughs) i remember we was making fun of people because they dick was bigger than one inch anyways this is too much brother you need a one inch brother People listen to this out and think are even going to understand that, but that's I think very silly. I do. I'd love that was a great yeah. night. And I think, yeah, and then the, the slug part. How did that happen again? Yeah. So the slug part was um, while we were all trying to sleep, we eventually were. You know, it's late at night. Skeeter's gone with Wilderness She Wolf getting our water, and we're trying to sleep on this hill. And in the morning, you know, I looked at it. and I was like, Yeah, there's no way you can sleep on this hill without. That was sliding. steep, dude. It was, it was pretty steep, steep hill yeah. that we were trying to sleep on. <laughs> and so we're cowboy camping, which is just like sleeping without a tent. And we're just sliding down the hill continually. And so we all just kind of got like the metaphor of it with how we were feeling and drying up and everything being <laughs> thirsty. And we all put together and we're like, we're like, we're slugs and we're sliming our way to Georgia. And that was another like mushroom discovery was how mod equaled water. Cause we were water, 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 mod equals water. Water. <laughs> our suicidal friend equaled water and we were just sitting there laughing our asses off while we're sliding down this hill and can't sleep i remember my throat was bleeding from laughing so much that night <laughs> oh dude you're right. oh man yeah that was that was awesome man that was funny i don't know if i don't think she, wilderness she wolf and moose muffin were very impressed with us no no i think from there on out they kind of like, I mean, we didn't really hike around them too much. They kind of avoided us. We, they, they talked a little bit to us, but it was all, I mean, just in general, I think that we were so caught up in our little world and our um, goofy nature that sometimes yeah. I think for other people to like be around us, it was like, oh, I can't really enter into that world because I have no idea how to get into their world. And Yeah, and, yeah. we were kind of uh, exclusive, but I thought we were exclusive because I felt like we were excluded a lot. Very true. Very true. Um, but I thought it was funny. But remember, there was other. So I and I take that back. I think Moose Muffin and Wilderness She Wolf. I think they did like us. I think it was just one of those things. Like they couldn't really be because they follow me on Instagram. And so, oh, cool. um, so if they listen to this, I'm sorry, guys. I don't know. Maybe you hate me and whatever. But philosopher, 
You remember meeting her? Oh. She actually hated us, I think. Walsford did hate us. And her suffering on trail was that she kept running into us. Yeah. And we weren't trying to run into her. No. It just it was always so random. Yeah, because I, I think the thing was like, like we were generally faster hikers, but we would get caught in shenanigans. And then she would catch up and then we'd run into her. And um, old vampire, he would always just like get under her skin. He said like she brought something out in him to where he would just be mean and it was (laughs) hilarious to listen to but she was never happy about it i mean even from the beginning whenever she met us and she thought like she told us later like that was one of the most scared she was on trail because she thought like because vampire like pops up out of the bushes and just stares at her and then like invites her over to our camp we're stealth camping she comes and sits by us and just like three guys kind of far off trail and yeah yeah, and, and we're all talking about, like, terrible things and just <laughs> laughing. And <laughs> Yeah, no, that um, probably should have rethought that. But I think, yeah, I don't know. Because yeah. I think we were in this awkward thing. is like she was close to us, but it was like, do we say something to her? Like, we didn't want to make her uncomfortable by us being close there. So it's like, do we invite her with us? Yeah, yeah. I, I also remember, like, Vampire, I think, was the one who discovered her. And he was like, oh, yeah, there's this girl. And we're like, well, is she cute? And he's like, I think so. I couldn't tell. She's kind of far away. We're like, well, invite her over. And, <laughs> and then she comes over and here this like timid, poor girl comes and just sits by us and just doesn't know what she got herself into. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we just had we just had so many inside jokes, too. And so, yeah, I could yeah. see that. Yeah. On, on one more thing I have to speak about Skeeter. Yeah, yeah. It, it's worth telling for the podcast. Old Skeeter was a fire dancer. And, and I'll never forget, we're all starting to trip. And he makes a big old gasoline circle on the road and lights it on fire. And then he grabs his ball and chains and lights them on fire. And he starts just fire dancing for us. And and we're all just sitting there laughing and thinking it's a good time. And then he tells He's like, I want one of you guys to come up and, and do this. And I think he's trying to be inspirational. And here I come up just like way intoxicated. I'm like, I'll do it, brother. And come up and just burn my arm continually on the fallen chain and just laughing. <laughs> I think that just added to the atmosphere of it all. Like, like he played music. He performed a fallen chain fire dance for us. And we were just there to be full-on hiker trash just yeah as can be no that's right yeah skeeter literally was like the embodiment of the motivating jester archetype like yeah. he literally and we had and he could not reach us no. he could just fucking not reach us we were like we were his a nightmare like <laughs> <laughs> i think i remember even like whenever he was dropping us off we like Asked him about like if he picked up other hikers and he's like yeah and we tried to ask him like well was that like one of the better times that you had and he's like oh yeah like he kind of seemed kind of like push offish about like yeah it was a, it was a, it was a good time but you know I I think that he in general kind of had like a harder time with us because of how rambunctious we were and, yeah. yeah no yeah I can but see that for on, sure yeah from there on out we were the slug brothers and we were sliming our way to Georgia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, yeah, no, that was a great time. Oh man, I I remember that we just had so many like, like we were talking about before, like how we felt excluded all the time. But like, remember when we? Do you remember when we got up to 
um, in Vermont, there's that lookout, I believe. Okay. It's like, so it's not technically, it's technically on private property. I can't remember what it's called, but then it's like a lookout and you can hike up to the very top of the shelter and it's it's big lookout that's like goes above the trees. Okay. You can camp there too. Was this around, it probably wasn't what, where, uh, not gonna lie was. And no, no, it was exactly. It was, that's where, that's where he met not gonna lie. (laughs) That's what I was trying to bring up. Not gonna lie. Oh, not gonna lie. I still use not gonna lie for <laughs> not gonna lie. Yeah. Things. Can you talk about that story? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I I don't remember how many miles we were doing that day, but we were doing a pretty average pace for us. And yeah, I remember our pace was kind of like we hiked very fast and then we took long breaks and then kind of did that throughout the day. And it would equal a a little bit above average kind of uh pace for a through hiker and and all this hiker this north bounder and i mean that's part of like half the fun for south bounders is running into north bounders and yeah. all the shit that they give us and and he pops up and he's like he's like yeah where are you guys planning on camping tonight and we tell him like oh yeah this shelter just like seven miles down or something and he looks like he gets like real serious and he looks at us and he's like not gonna lie <laughs> but that section that i did was the hardest section i did on the whole entire appalachian trail you're not going to make it tonight. <laughs> and we like made it with like an, an hour and a half to spare. Like we made yeah. it easily. <laughs> and so from there on out, we were all just like, not going to lie, but this is the hardest stuff I ever did in my life. <laughs> and we always just like, everything was not going to lie. <laughs> Do we had so many not going to lies though. I felt like, do you remember? So I don't know what it was with that. Maybe we were just overly rambunctious and like, I didn't even, I wasn't self-aware, but so we had that guy and then we, I don't know when it was, but we had that campsite we rolled in super late and like, we were respectful. It was dark. The shelter was full and we went to yeah. the farthest campsite away. And then in the morning we woke up and we were, I thought we were whispering, but we were giggling. We we're just mm-hmm. doing our like typical giggling. And then some guy had actually woke me up with the bear box. He was like slamming it and stuff. And like, they were being so loud packing up, but they weren't talking. Yeah. And then somebody yelled at us, yelled at us. Cause we were laughing. like, Hey, people are trying to sleep here. Yeah. Do you remember that guy? Yeah, our our trail name for him was Shrek because I remember <laughs> seeing him bathe one day and just seeing he didn't have the best of figure. He's an older man. Yeah. For, to give him some credit, but I just remember seeing his saggy old titties and he's like washing <laughs> them and in a creek and he just kind of looks at us and he was like in his underwear or something and and then like that might have been the same day that like we go and camp and then in the morning, yeah, he gives us shit like that. And, and, uh, we, yeah, he was just kind of a punk cause we weren't very loud. He was just in a bitter mood. And then. And also it's like, dude, if you're yelling that loud, I'm pretty sure you just woke everybody up. Exactly. Exactly. And then like a day or two later, I just remember camping at a spot and like waking up at the normal time that we do, but just like him, just being loud, talking to a guy, just loud and saying stupid shit. And I was just like, dang this this guy's such a hypocrite and he he got under my skin quite a bit so yeah yeah our our trail name for him was shrek because we said that there had to be a shrek out there (laughs) he he was shrek (laughs) oh i forgot that's that's awesome that guy actually motivated me to get to harper's ferry because i told him i literally said i had set this date that i wanted to hit harper's ferry and he's and like that was like averaging 20 miles a day without any zeros um and like he was like, mm, not going to be, I don't know how he said, basically he's like, oh, you can't God. do that. Yeah. And I was like, um, I think I'm going to do it. 
And that's like one of the reasons why I split up from you guys. It's like, I, I'm like, I got to fucking do this. And um, that guy, had, he pumped me up. So Shrek was like my, uh, he pumped me up on trail. He pushed me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, there's, I've run into quite a few of these in my trail career, you know, because yeah. you run it. There's a lot of those who, who cannot fathom that you can do more miles than them. And, and if you even attempt it, then you're doing the impossible because they're pushing the upper limits of human capacity. They're doing the mileage that, that other people just like wish that they could do. And so whenever they run into us, they're like, they'll, they'll be like, Oh, how many miles are you going to do today? And you're like, oh, I'm, I'm planning doing like 23 miles. I'm like 23. <laughs> Good luck. I've been, <laughs> I've been trying to get 23 since Maine and I've been lucky if I got 12, you ain't going to do it kid and just shoot you down. And yeah. And, they're so bitter that you can actually do more mileage than them. And I'm not a mileage snob, but no. I definitely get a little bit triggered whenever these dudes are like, Oh, you can't do this. And then I'm like, well, watch me. Like it's you're, you're, you're challenging me on easy difficulty here. You're not asking for a 40 miler. You're asking yeah. for like a 20 miler. I can, I can do that. No problem. <laughs> no, exactly. No, I think, and I think, but also the way we come about it pisses people off too. And this is actually something I admire in you is like coming out with like the attitude. Cause like people who do big mile days and 23 miles, right. We were talking, it's like not big mile days, but like we are, we, at least I don't have a plan. Like I'll get up early, but I don't, it's not like I set up all right, 6am. I got to get up and I'm done hiking by this time. I'm just like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll get there when I get there. Like, and I make sure I hit the miles, but sometimes I'll like have the night hike or like, and I think we just like looked like kind of like, I guess that's what hiker trash is. But I remember you came with like a lot of gear. Like you didn't have a water filter. I remember. Yeah. I didn't and then have I remember. Pad. Yeah. You didn't have a sleeping pad and like your, uh, your backpack broke. I remember that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I had a 50 degree sleeping bag. That's right. Dude. Yeah. yeah this, there's just like, I just like felt like, and you had such a good attitude and like, you're just going to do it no matter what. And uh, you didn't have to like spend like the crazy amount of money to get the right gear to do the the trail. Um, yeah, and that that's a huge like philosophy that I have. And and I've it was actually funny like a couple of days ago it was on a Ozark Trail hiking group on Facebook, and one of the ad, uh, admin people posted something about gear and and how like there's a lot of ULers who can kind of bash on other hikers and stuff, and how it's not about gear. And I kind of got on there and I was like, yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and, you know, people were like, oh, you sound like a UL shamer. I'm like, I'm not shaming like yeah. ultra lighting. Like if you want to pack light, that's great. But my whole point being is like, don't bash on me because I can't afford it or I can't um, hike that way. And that I just have a different philosophy than you. It's it, we all hike our own kind of way. And the main thing is that you're happy and you're out on trail and hiking. And that's uh, that's something that I still like carried to this day that it's not i'm not a gear person i don't care about what gear people have i don't want to talk gear all i want to talk about is the trail and the trail life and trail stories and and the things that make us happy out on trail not that this 300 thing but i paid paid a little bit extra for it because it was 0.2 ounces less than the yeah. 200 thing it's just not that interesting to me and and it's totally cool that people are into it it's yeah just yeah, never been into it. <laughs> no, and I think I really see this big problem with like the outdoor industry, of like claiming to be like super inclusive, but really being so exclusive and like not even understanding that there's just like this 
barrier to entry as far as like people feel like they have to have like the money for the gear and like it's it's overwhelming dude if i didn't know yeah. anything i would be so overwhelmed and then you get on white pages or something and people are telling you nope you gotta you gotta rei and people are like nope you gotta have a 75 liter pack or yeah. or the other way around you gotta have like ultralight stuff mm-hmm. yeah and that, i mean i remember that with the appalachian trail whenever i started before i ran into you guys like in the hundred mile wilderness just running into people that are well off and and the crazy thing is that these people never did a through hike in their life and they'll sit there and tell me that like they'll look at my gear and judge me like oh yeah you won't make it like you can't make it with that kind of gear and then they're the ones that get off trail because they sprained their ankle and that's too much for them or something like that and yeah and and it was always just like like i can i can carry my own without the it's not the gear that makes you a good hiker it's that excitement for carrying on like that you want to experience the trail and experience everything that it has to give you. And that's, that what, that's the essence of through hiking. It's not about like uh, my hyper light gear. And, and that, that was the best part of hiking was my backpack. You know, <laughs> the best part of hiking is the stories, the, the time that I had with you guys with Skeeter and trip and balls. And, and I think if, I listened to all those people before I got into through hike and I would have never through hiked. I would have yeah. been too intimidated. And a lot of them can talk a lot of people out of it. Um, but the main thing is going out there and just figuring out what you like and what you don't like. And that's why I had a friend come out and hike the Washita trail with me recently. And uh, it was his first through hike. And I kind of just let him know, like, I was like, you know, you can customize whatever. I'll give you a few pointers if things are too ridiculous like if he's bringing skillets or something, but yeah, but like, as far as the main stuff goes, you know, he was trying to be like, should I bring a tent or a, um, a hammock? I was like, well, that's up to you. You know, it's, we're in a forested area and it's whatever you want. And every, every the shoes, all of it's just whatever you want, what you think will work and you'll try it out and see how it works. And so that's kind of my philosophy with it. Don't tell people what to do let people figure it out and, and they'll, yeah, that'll make him a good through hiker. Well, and I think that's so silly. That's why I love working in gear shops. And I know it's like kind of the, when people go to gear shops, I think of like people are just super judgmental, but I like it. Cause I think I like hearing the way people experience the outdoors and how things are different and being able to like cater to someone's needs who aren't my needs, like cater, like here in Montana, we have a lot of hunters who like, really, I've never been in a place where someone's co- complained that a company's starting to make their packs lighter. But I, oh. I've been here and people are like, they're making the packs too light. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, totally. And so like, yeah, I think it's just really interesting to be able to cater to everyone's needs and see that there's just so many different ways to do life and, um, yeah. or as far as the outdoors go, but for people who don't know your gear, because some people are interested in it. Um, and for people to get a picture of it. Well, so what did you come out your, on the AT when you first yeah. went out? What did you have? Well, that was the thing. I didn't have too much. I had, um, I had this a lot of it was from my runaway missionary phase, which if people don't know about that, listen to the last podcast that talks about it. But um, the, yeah, I bought a bunch of stuff from that, a backpack that was maybe $70. I can't remember. It was a Kelty, but I can't remember. Was it the exactly. Red Wing 55 or whatever? That might be what it was. It was nothing special as we found out whenever it started falling apart pretty yeah. quickly. Um, I had, I had, some decent boots they were maybe like $50 boots but um yeah they were a bit too clunky I thought which was funny too because before I even hiked on the trail on the road trip out to the Appalachian Trail at um 
Cuyahoga National Park in um, Ohio, I ran into a guy and he was telling me like, oh, those boots aren't big enough. You know, they're going to fall apart so quickly. And they really didn't have much issues. But after 700 miles, I switched them out because my brother came in and I switched them out with some Nikes, which surprisingly, they were $14 Nikes and they lasted <laughs> me 1400 miles all the way to the finish. But um, some people will criticize me and say they they didn't really last. You just wore them. You know, they were they were pretty beat up. But but, you know, yeah. I made them work. Um, yeah, like we said, I had a 50 degree sleeping bag. I had no sleeping pad. I had no water filter. I had uh, no cooking. I still don't do cooking. I'm just way too lazy for that. I, I, just, I feel you there, man. Yeah. Yeah. I just like eating and falling asleep and getting my <laughs> calories in. Um, yeah. I, I, the one like luxury item I had was my, um, my journal. I always carry a journal with me cause I, I tried before just using my phone, but then transferring all the data, all the things I wrote onto my journal. Whenever I come back home, that's a pain in the butt. So I was yeah. like, I'll just carry a journal. Um, yeah. And then the sleeping bag, I've always used the same sleeping bag. It's a Alps Mountaineer um, one person tent. It has a four pound weight, but if you take the stakes out, it probably reduces it down to like two and a half and it's $70 and it lasted me all three trails. And so it, it was bang for its buck. Like it got me, it, it triple crowned just like I did. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. That, once one that kind of wore out pretty good, I got myself just another one. So yeah, that's some of the gear. So how much, and I, I don't want to go and logistics, like this be just all about logistics and stuff, but like for someone who wants a third hike and they're like, oh, I don't have the money, but like what, how much did you think you spent on your, your gear? Like just ballpark about $400. Yeah. 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 And I mean, some people will spend that much money on like a, a tent or a backpack. Alone, easily. So. Yeah, no, yeah. easily. And a $400 is like, Sounds like a bit of money, but when you're, when you're going to be living in the woods, like you do need to spend a little bit of money, unfortunately. But yeah, I think that's much more affordable. And I think as somebody who's done, like you've done how many miles, like, just like over 8,000 miles. Um, yeah. As far as completed long distance trails, I'm at like 8,500. Um, yeah. If you just include a bunch of hiking. I mean, sure. 10,000. Yeah. I always yeah. get irritated whenever people are like, oh yeah, as far as like all the hiking I've done, I've probably done like 20,000. Like we don't count just like going out and hiking at your no. parks and we count completed through hikes. That's a, uh, that's hiking, not, not your strolls with the family. No, exactly. I know it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, but that's just kind of how it is in the hiking world. Uh, yeah. But people just want to like sound better. Yeah. But, that's, that's what it is. And it's like, no, you, if, if you're going to state some big numbers, you got to have some like big, big experiences behind it. You can't just go out and do a couple mile hikes just every weekend. And then just set up. Yeah. Since I was uh, the age of four, me and my family used to go out and hike this trail that was two miles long. And so at this point, calculating it out, I'm probably at 30,000 miles. It's like, no, that's, that's, that's nonsense, but yeah, great. You know, like always find a reason to go outside, but don't, yeah, that's not a, a good way to flex. <laughs> no, yeah, because it's definitely that when people do that, it's definitely a way to, it's, it is like a flexing <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. It's an ego yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. But so, so we were talking about this before and then I kind of brushed over it, but I do want to go into this is, so I remember hearing the story, but so, you know, we had a lot of stories where 
things where there's red flags and, but it always worked out. And it was like very silly and we had a great time, mm -hmm. but I remember hearing that you had a situation where things did not go so well. Um, yeah. Terrible. So what, what was, what was that story? Yeah, that was, um, at Fontana dam, which was just right after the smoky mountains national park. I was having a pretty hard time during that section because I didn't carry enough food and I ended up living off of two jars of preserves. I was hoping that in the Smoky Mountains at the little trading post that I could get a restock. And all they had was two jars of preserve, preserves left, left, a blueberry and a peach. And so I took those and I ate those and it made me very sick, but it was calories. And, and um, I made it down to Fontana Dam and I was pretty desperate to get into town and get some food. And here comes up this guy who had creepy vibes but i didn't want to be like oh he's creepy because it's just kind of judgmental to look at someone because he had a, like a soft southern country voice and for me to be like just because the guy's like oh hey how's it going you know just for me to be like oh that that's a creep you know like <laughs> you can't i don't know it feels wrong for me to say that to, but th this guy who i was around was like yeah no i got bad vibes so i didn't get in his car but for me, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll get in there. And so he took me out to eat. Which so an, wait, another, well, you said that another guy had been asked mm -hmm. um, by this guy if he wanted to ride and he had declined because he had gotten bad vibes. Yeah. Yeah. But he didn't tell me about the bad vibes till after. After your story. Okay. Yeah. So now you're in the car and you got with him and what happened? Yeah. He takes me out to eat at a Mexican restaurant. So I figured this is just a good old trail angel. Takes me to, um, to a store. And I have to include this part because it it um, follows the storyline of it. While I'm restocking, I see that Nutella is a buy one, get one free. And I'm ecstatic about this deal. I'm like, oh, look at this Nutella, buy one, get one free. And he looks gr grossly at me. He's like, Nutella, that stuff's gross. And I was like, all right. And so I get, I get all my food and, and he uh, is like, well, it's pretty late. You know, you can get back on trail or I can take you to my place and you can just charge your stuff for the night. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll just charge my stuff at your place. So he had two houses and he drove me to the one that's like way off grid up a Jeep road up in the mountain top area, just a log cabin. And I'm up there with him and he starts handing me beers and I'm drinking them and not thinking much about it. And then I asked him if I could take a shower and he's like, yeah, sure. So I go and take a shower. And that's when things got weird. I get out of the shower and immediately his face gets really red and excited. And he's like, oh, you got nice abs. I was like, thanks. You have a, that's you have a towel on? Or are you yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, I got a towel on. Yeah, I'm about to grab some clothes and he sees my yeah, bare chest and he's like, oh, you got nice abs. And I was like, yeah, thanks. Hiking 2000 miles and being malnutritioned will do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and um. I grab. he's like, here, I'll help you move your backpack. I'm like, oh, it doesn't need to be moved. It's fine where it is. And he's like, no, I insist. And as he does that, he uh, reaches down at my crotch area and tries to like swipe where the little indent of my crotch is from the towel. And immediately like I smack his hand and then just kind of dismiss it. Like, no, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. And then I get dressed and we're doing laundry and he starts just chit chatting with me. And he's like, so I heard you. Or he's like, so have you, uh, have you been having fun on trail? I'm like, yeah, I've been having a great time. He's like, have you uh, hiked with any girls? I'm like, yeah, I hiked with, with a few. And he's like, you have sex with any of them? I'm like, I had sex with one of them. And he's like, did she give you a blowjob? I was like, no, no, she didn't. He's like, do you like blowjobs? I was like, I don't know. I've never had one. And he's like, 
because I like giving blowjobs. And then I was like, no, I don't like blowjobs. <laughs> blowjobs are gross. <laughs> and, and he was kind of like dropped it and then brought up a little bit later, like, you know, I give good head. And I was like, that's cool. I don't want any. And, and we sit down and he won't leave the house and just like, we start chit chatting and I'm trying to change the subject and he just keeps bringing it up. Like, like, why, why are you so against blowjobs? Why don't you want a blowjob? And all this stuff. And eventually I got pretty angry and I like just got mad at him. I was like, Hey, listen, dude, like I'm, I'm an ex uh, boxer. I've broken more jaws than women you've slept with. Don't fucking mess with me or I'll break yours too. And he's like, all right, dude, I get it. I get it. And he calms down, looks around. And then like after 30 minutes brings it up again, he's like, ah, oh, but you know, blowjobs are sure nice to give and, I was, and then i was like i gotta do like one last tactic so i was like nihilism that's the the number one thing to turn people off you know, not <laughs> horny so i was like you know the issue of blowjobs is they're pointless you get them it takes i don't know 10 20 minutes you get it done with your system and you move on with your day i was like what's the point of it you know in the end you just feel as empty as you did before it's just a distraction from the pointlessness of life it's all just a bunch of distractions from how pointless and stupid life is and i just go on about that and he kind of gets awkward about things like well i better go and so, <laughs> so he gets up and he walks out of the house and at that point i kind of figure like i don't think the night's done yet i think it's still early enough and i grab one of his kitchen knives and i try to go to sleep and i wake up at least like four times during the night thinking that he's in the room and i each time i was ready to kill him you know i, I was scared thinking that this dude's gonna try to suck my dick and stuff and, and i was ready to murder this man so each time i jump up with the knife and just swing in the air just thinking like like i'm trying to kill this guy and then find out oh he's not on top of me he's not there and yeah um and so it was it was a terrifying time i got maybe like three hours of quality sleep and he comes and pops up in the morning and drives me back to the trail gives me this card and he's like oh tell your friends about me and everything and I was like, all right. And so I get dropped off. I meet up with two guys who I finished the trail with and asked if I could hike with them. Like, yeah, sure. And I tell them the whole story. I'm like, dude, the shittiest thing just happened to me. I almost just got my dick sucked by an old dude. It was terrifying. And and I thought I was going to have to murder someone. And, and they, I told them the whole story. And one of the guys is like, wait, he said that he didn't like Nutella. I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, you should have known, dude. He's like, old cocksuckers hate Nutella. <laughs> <laughs> that was the moral of the story. Old cocksuckers hate Nutella. Jeez, dude. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to start scanning people's grocery carts, I guess. <laughs> well, so just as a little like addition to this, on the PCT, I run into a guy um, and he was telling me that his worst day on the Appalachian Trail was at Fontana Dam. And I was yeah. like, did it have to do with an old guy? He's like, yeah, how'd you know? And I was like, shit, dude, I had the same experience. And he told me all about it. Same like dialogue, like, oh, have you been having fun on trail and everything? So this dude was like a predator and just picking up solo male hikers and trying to yeah, um, yeah, get them. And um, yeah, luckily it didn't happen to me. didn't happen to that guy, but it might have happened to other people. And that's terrifying. And just to clarify, like, I, I think like the thing, the scary part of this is how, just how aggressive it, it was. And like, you were out in the middle of nowhere, like there's nowhere for you to go. Yeah. And so it's no signal. Yeah. And so like, there's, you're stuck in this house, this man. And so it's not like, you're just like, you can just leave the house and, 
keep on hiking. You just, you've yeah. gotten a ride and you're solely dependent on this man for, to give you a, a ride back to the yeah. trail, which is also the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And that, that is the terrifying thing is the, the joy of being a hiker is being vulnerable and having those cool experiences pop up, but also the fear of being a hiker is being vulnerable and that anyone can, if they want to, and they're terrible people, they can take advantage of hikers. And that's, that's a scary position to be in. And so that, that was definitely the worst um, experience I've ever had in my hiking career. I'm just glad that I didn't have anything bad happen, but the situation itself was very uncomfortable. Yeah. And I I think too, it's like also people don't realize is like when you have something like that, where do you go? You go back to the trail. Like you don't really have a home to go back to. So there's like no safe haven for you. Um, So it's very like, you're already in a vulnerable experience and this man just makes it like much more vulnerable. Um, Yeah. And it's crazy. Like, I mean, I can only imagine like being a solo woman hiker would be that much scarier just the, the amount of creeps that, and like, I'm not saying there's just like so many creeps on the AT or long, but it, like in general, like that's mm-hmm. something you'd have to worry about. Like when you get a ride where we as men don't really have to worry about that, but unless you're by in Fan, Fontana, Fontana dam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in general, men have it pretty good, especially because we're physically bigger and, and generally stronger and, and can be more intimidating too, you know, with our beards and, and everything. Yeah. So, um, women sometimes on trail whenever they're losing so much weight and stuff even though they're stinky and gross and everything they can look cute to some creepo guys and and that's a scary position to be in is uh be that vulnerable and have someone pick you up and i think girls in general are a little smarter than guys too with that just because of experiences in life because even off trail girls have to deal with guys um pursuing them and trying to push their motives on them and um yeah as guys i'm not used to girls pushing their motives on me i've I've had it a few times not very often but when it has happened it was like i had a girl when i was younger try to rape me and and it was easy to just grab her and chuck her off me and be like no we're not doing this you know yeah. but um for a girl that, that's a completely different world so yeah i can just be grateful that i'm a guy i guess <laughs> Yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't mean to say that to take away from your story, but I was trying to trying to to make some clarifications of how like vulnerable that situation actually is for sure. And why you might feel a need to sleep with a knife and like, you have to fight for your life with this man who you don't know in the middle of the woods in the South, which is already scary. And at Fontana Dam, you're not really in the middle of nowhere, but you kind of are like, I remember cause like four mile and I, we, got off trail around there in Tennessee and like the town we were in, apparently um, it just looks very like people. So a local told me this and I don't want to be offensive, but a local told me that people are very like, they like the fact that how small their community is and they're very Mm. exclusive to the point where there are some like incestual families that continue to be that way. Yeah. And they're very like prideful of it. Anyways, this guy that <laughs> he sold me like a family recipe of moonshine, a l- large amounts of moonshine. So like out in the South can be, and you do feel like you're a little bit out there um, yeah. sometimes. So I can imagine being very scared. Uh, that's, that's crazy. Having like meeting people that are like, yeah, fuck my cousin. I'm proud of it. Like that's a, that's dude, a weird thing. to. Yeah. And like, I thought, you know, you think that's like a, 
not going to happen. Like that's not real, but apparently like, and I don't think it's very commonplace, but yeah, that was a thing in this area that we had gotten uh, the moonshine from. Dang. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes, I mean, it makes sense. It's, it's just crazy to see it in practice. Yeah. Well, I mean, that Appala- people don't even realize like Appalachia down there, like not maybe close to the trail, but like still around the area. It's just like, that's the poorest part of the country. It's just, yeah. And it's like, these people are just kind of out there and fending for themselves and forgotten. They feel forgotten too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're kind of just missing from the rest of the world, just off grid. And yeah, it's crazy different world. <laughs> yeah. Which is also so funny that how we, our cultures, it's just so, dude, the trails is so weird. It's just like this little highway that like we're able to like go off and then experience these like micro like cultures within the U.S. Just yeah. on this one trail. It's just, did you experience that much like on the PCT? Yeah, the PCT, the PCT um, was amazing with regards to experience. Like the CDT, I didn't have too many crazy, yeah. things, but the PCT um it it combines a lot more that like west coast hippie vibe on the trail and so you and then even like sometimes like the the um the downtown uh suburb rougher culture will come out too um but yeah i had some weird situations you know like lots of people that are conspiracy theorists lots of people that um believe that like one one lady was telling us that her vagina connected to the universe and oh my god yeah and she was just going off about like how bald men have bad equilibrium and so um it's all about hair hair connects you to the universe and that's why she doesn't shave her pubes and just like going off about this stuff and and she decided to like give us a ride to town but she was so wasted and she it was in the back of her truck and and um two of the guys i was with were like no we're gonna just hit from someone else and I was like, come on, it's about the experience. And we do a a very bad decision and decide to get in the back of her truck. And she is going probably like 50 miles down this windy highway down the mountains and then decides on top of it all to go off on a Jeep road and go out and like look out the window and talk to all of us while driving. And we're all yelling at her, look where you're driving because she's not paying any bit of attention. And it was just like, yeah, just a crazy, crazy experience. Um, we saw her later at the nudist hot springs, which was like eight miles um, ahead of that section in a uh, big bear. Um, there she was walking naked and, and not a pleasant sight on top of that. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a wild, wild culture out there. And as you get farther north, I feel like on the PCT, people start to get more like country conservative. And that has its own kind of weirdness. Like also lots of Bigfoot believers, um, lots of anti-government people. And sometimes these people are pretty rambunctious and wild. And sometimes on trail, you don't feel like that. You feel like you just want to sleep at night. And we've had a few times where uh, we had this like group of 10 or so threatened to kill us because um, we were trying to sleep and they were being loud and obnoxious. And my hiking partner, Dasani decided to get up and cuss them out and call one of the guys, ladies, a bitch. And, and they got really angry and like, how many of you are there? And we're like, there's seven of us, but there was just three. They're like, you're going to need a lot more than that to protect your asses tonight. And, and oh, no, yeah, dude. they were threatening to, it was kind of scary. Like, Fuck, we're going to fight these country dudes in the middle of the night. So I like, I didn't sleep at all that night. I hid behind a tree and was just waiting for him to come back with a knife. And 
and just go to town because I thought they were going to try to kill my friends. And it was a terrible situation. So as yeah, the PCT offered a lot of crazy situations. Um, yeah, the PCT and AT, if you want crazy stories, those are the trails for it. <laughs> I was trying to think of one one crazy hitch for me, and then I I thought of something. I don't know if Vampire was in this, and so if he was, and he hears a story and I was wrong, let me know, Vampire. But um, it was like in Maine, and these two very like drunk good old boys picked us up, very nice guys, in a pickup though, and driving pickup, and I didn't think I realized how drunk they were until they stopped. They hadn't they like were driving us somewhere, and then they hadn't like even gone like maybe two miles, and they stopped in the middle of the road. And just both started peeing in the middle of the road. And then they're having a conversation with me too. And they're like having a conversation. Like, yeah. And then one of the guys is like convinced there's why he kept saying wildcats. He's like, you gotta watch out for the wildcats in here. There's wildcats all around. And his one buddy's like, there's not wildcats. And he kept like doing the crazy, like, you know, finger thing to me when his buddy, oh. I'm like, uh, and I didn't want to be caught like looking at him. And, and there's just like this very like, uncomfortable volatile situation where i'm trying to be like a part of the crew but i can tell these men are a little bit out there because yeah. <laughs> borderline aggressive and also they're both drinking beers openly in the the car too or the yeah. truck and i was like that, oh my god that's a good point about being vulnerable as a hiker is that there's times that you're just out there and and you get picked up by people and you feel the best thing that you can do is try to blend with the way the vibes that are going on but yeah. sometimes the vibes are like you you feel like you're in a dangerous situation or like things can go south really quickly if you don't keep your wits about you and it just makes you on edge like like i don't want to get shot i don't want to get mugged i don't want to have all these things so you just try to be as like friendly and complimentary and just kind of almost a pushover sometimes you know people, yeah because it's like you have no power in that situation and it's that can be the scary part of hiking for sure yeah oh yeah well do you remember also i remember because i think people get the wrong idea with hikers aren't disappointed uh, like because they they think that we're all like these crazy party animals and stuff but like when you're hiking all day man i mean i'm down to like get a little silly and stuff and most yeah. most hikers are like you know that they're on a mission to just get the, get the miles done um but remember when we met those nobos in uh ah oh, wasn't where was this this is where dartmouth is Hanover and Hanover, oh, yeah, yeah, Hanover, that crazy, yeah. No, those crazy nobos are just like were a belligerent oh. for the sake of being belligerent, and they just thought they were hiker trash, and they're just like, like kind of embarrassing to the hiker community. Yeah, he he came up to us like, you guys do dabs, and like gets really like in our face, and we're all just like, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just was very like obnoxious, and I was like, holy shit, man, like you're kind of giving a bad name to the the hiker community. I guess we're obnoxious yeah. by acting like Hulk Hogan. Um, yeah, but well, we were we were silly, and like these yeah, guys, true. Like there was an element of silly, but it was primarily aggressive, and I think that's where it's like, like I think being silly, if you make sure that's not threatening, then it's like can be more on the acceptable side. But if you're silly, and then just like in people's faces, and like you're gonna adapt to the way that I am, like that's kind yeah. of intimidating, you know. And I think like a lot of those like beginner towns, like going north on the AT and I'm sure like even I know PCT is not as crowded, but I'm sure there's some towns beginning at PCT where they get a lot of those guys and yeah. the, hiker trash kind of gets a bad name to it just because it's like, my God, these guys are like, also they're probably thieves, a lot of thieves yeah. um, down there too. And it's like, that's not really being hiker. Like those guys aren't really welcome on the trail. Yeah. 
and that's like one of those things about like understanding what is hiker trash is is like that hiker trash lives still by ethics like we're yeah yeah it's about embracing your wild side and about um getting in touch with the crazier part of yourself that you feel like society doesn't let you express but then at the same time it's like just because you can do that doesn't mean murder and and thievery and and all these other things are acceptable you know you still gotta like i feel like that's the other part of hiker trash is being polite like you have to be nice to people have to be polite to feel you have to give them good vibes you have to show them like i'm happy out here and if i could have it my way i'd want you to be out here and experience the happiness i'm experiencing and so there's a little bit of like a conversion process to being hiker trash trying to show people like hey i'm really happy out here and if you want to experience this like you have all means to do it so i think that there's because like for a lot of people they don't realize that this is an opportunity that they can have that they can just um quit their job and stuff and for some people it isn't but for some people they use it also as an excuse being like oh i wish i could and it's like for a lot of them you know you really can and it's a great world out there if they want to go out there but we as hiker trash have to set that example and show like not only is it a, a really good world, but it, it can be also primarily a safe world. Like you don't have to worry about hikers in the hiker world. And that's, that's kind of, I think our goal is to build that trust for people. Yeah, definitely. I think people who aren't hikers don't even understand, I guess, how like connected the trail community is and how, even though there are a large amount of people, um, it's generally a pretty like tight knit crew. And like you, like for instance, on the AT, if somebody's acting up, I guess, and it's like notorious on trail, like the hostels and even hikers and stuff are connected enough to kind of push that person off the trail. Like there's yeah. hostels have been known to buy a bus or train ticket for somebody to uh, kind of push them off the trail. Just here, yeah, take this ticket and get off trail. You know, you remember really White Power, dude? I heard. I don't think I ever met White Power, but I heard about him. Yeah, because that was, that was a great example of that, you know, the trail community getting together to kick someone who was racist and sexist off the trail. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot where I was going to go. A story, man. Do you have any other stories you want to share? Oh, shoot. <laughs> um, it's hard to just mention them. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking for a while, too. There is one story I want to share because I think it was kind of, uh, this is just, I thought our group was a little bit stubborn. At least I was pretty stubborn. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was that stretch in, uh, in between two towns and it was like a 28 mile stretch. And that was going to be our biggest day. Maybe not your biggest day, but at least me, my and vampire's biggest day. Yeah. And it was between two towns and the water sources have been really shitty. And I remember being like not filtering at one because they're like, Oh, we're going to get some, we're going to get some water later. And we didn't get water later. And yeah. so for, the last 20 miles, dude, I had no water. And remember we went to like the cat water caches and they were completely empty. Yeah. Cause the Nobos had, or probably Sobos too, but let's be real. Yeah. More Nobos probably <laughs> no took all the water, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember getting the end of the day, dude, and being, I've never been that exhausted before. I remember just like laying on the gravel and then we'd get up when a car passed and just, it was dark out and putting our thumb up. Yeah. Do you remember that day? I do remember that day. That was a very hard day. Like I remember like pushing it. Um, my legs were stiffening. I was just feeling like crap. I was kind of jogging. Like it looked like I was like an old man, just like hobbling <laughs> along. Cause my knees are just 
stiff as can be. I remember it was hot, humid, and we had no water. Um, yeah, and once we made it into that town, like everything, we we camped that night behind the uh, the store at near some trains, and so we were hearing like trains all yeah. night long. Yeah, that and was I was situation. That was yeah, it was very. We don't even know who picked us up, but I remember being so grateful because I was, all I can remember is just like feeling like I'm gonna, I need water. I need water, but I can't stand up, but I have to stand up to get water mm-hmm. and just like having to put our thumb up and thinking there's like a mile down that we know for sure there's like a restaurant and then pass it. Once we got picked up and we passed the restaurant, it was closed. So thank God we didn't go walk to the restaurant, but yeah, that was, and my card got declined there too. Um, when I was trying oh. to buy some water, um, or Gatorade. Yeah. The vampire actually hooked me up that night. Um, Oh, cool. But yeah, no, it was just like a very weird situation. Just so stubborn enough to like keep hiking. I guess there's no yeah. water. We couldn't hike. But I, for some reason, I felt like I couldn't hike. I did, didn't want to carry that much water. And that was stupid. And then we got, we had to get to the, the spot to get into town. And we got there. And then I just remember being so happy at the grocery store. And then being like, fuck, where do we camp now? Yeah. And then just having to like sneak behind uh, the grocery store and. I don't know why we snuck. Were we worried that we were going to get kicked out or something? I think so. I think that that was the idea. And yeah, as hiker trash in general, you can feel like you're not a part of the system and that people are going to be like, oh, they're homeless and kick you out and things like that. Dude, no, actually what I remember about that is we tried to get a hitch back to the trail. Do you remember? But it was so late in the night. And then there was a guy with his girl in a truck and they could have given us a ride. Right. Yeah. But he did he do wouldn't give us a ride. Yeah, that was right. Oh my god. I remember that he like came up to us and he was like doing this whole thing, like, yeah, you know, I'd want to, but you know the girl, and just like totally just like excusing every way that he could not to bring us back to the trail. And despite the fact that, you know, I've learned that whenever I'm dehydrated, like I'm visibly in a shitty situation. There's no like getting around that I'm just in a pleasant mood or like pleasant, healthy situation. And, and this guy just completely brushed us off and just drove off. And that was. Yeah. yeah. Cause the, the grocery store was closing. Like we were there. He was like the last customer there or something. Like we could not get a ride. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Dang. Dang. That's, that's what's fun talking to trail family is, is like getting details of stories that I forget about. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sure there's a bunch, man. I'm looking forward to hearing your YouTube channel and, and getting some, uh, hearing some other stories that I'd uh, forgotten about for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, man, we've been talking for a while and I don't want to exhaust it, but I would, I'd love to again for you <laughs> at some yeah. point, come on again and just talk about some more stories and, uh, you definitely. know, I have a lot of fun on here and, and I've always have like hundreds of more stories. That's what I'm out there to do is collect stories. So, Yeah. No, same man. And it's it's tough because like you have these stories, but then I feel like there's like no platform to to share them on. You yeah. know, any of that does it justice. Like Instagram, okay, like who's actually yeah. going to read? And you can't do a caption or I don't know. It's not that many platforms to, that somebody wants to hear your stories. Yeah, and that's like the struggle with like starting the YouTube thing is I want to get my story out there, but um, right now it's just like I don't have that publicity yet. And I figured if I was like. Dixie or Jupiter or if John Z still had a channel, I guess he took yeah. it down. But like if I had, if I was one of those people, you know, you could just post whatever kind of story out there and get a million views. And, and, and I feel like I have great stories. Um, and I feel like I'm starting to craft my art 
with regards to telling them, but I'm not having an audience yet. And so it's, it's like, I want to tell these stories. I want to use my experiences to promote my adventures and to get me out there, but it's, it's difficult to do. And so I think it's cool. Like with this podcast and everything, it's a great platform to get both of our stories out there. Yeah. Well, I also think like the way, like you're a very genuine guy. And like, I know for me, I struggle is like, I got to be original and I struggle with like, I don't want to be disingenuous because I'm shamelessly promoting something and I don't necessarily believe in the way I'm promoting it and stuff. Um, And that's something I'm trying to get past. But I think for you too, I feel like, Mm-hmm. You could definitely just the, the, the story that you have and the experience you have is like, there is a way for you to get out there. It's just like walking that line of like, not like selling yourself out. Right. And being yeah. true to yourself. And I think you're going to find it for sure, man. Definitely. I think that we're both kind of on that path to find it. And I think with a lot of it, um, the key is to craft our own route because if we don't then if you get publicity other people will try to craft it for you you'll get yeah. some company being like oh we want to do an article with you but we kind of want to direct the focus towards this and i've always been sketchy about that whenever i worked in washington this lady was interviewing us about trail maintenance and everything and and it was the article was end up being about um the balance between um preservation of the lands versus like recreation, letting people go out and experience them. And I didn't want to participate in it because I felt like she's going to twist the words according to the agenda, the political views that she had. And even if I agree with them, I don't want to be used as this, um, this like ideology. And so I I just kept quiet the whole time. I let everyone else talk. I went off and ate a PB and J. I was just like, I'm not having anything to do with, with this. And my boss came up and he's like, Hey, everything. Okay. I was like, yeah, I just don't want to talk to this lady. It's not my, not my place. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to misrepresent. So I'm very strong into that. I think we both are very strong into, if we're going to share our swords, we're going to share it our way. We're not going to. Yeah. 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 Well, for some reason that reminded me, of do you remember when we were at that uh that local this is in vermont mm-hmm. and we went off trail a little bit to get to this like country shop and we we're sitting eating our candy or whatever it was and they're filming the rei documentary like paul's boots really yeah so we got filmed in paul's we didn't make the cut i'm sorry man we didn't make the cut but uh we got oh. filmed for the for the video we <laughs> They're asked us like what what we had gotten, and one of the guys who was I don't know have you watched this documentary? No, I haven't. I think it's called Paul's Boots, and I could be saying it wrong, but it's just I believe it's an REI documentary about this this man who's always wanted to hike the trail but never had a chance, oh. and he had passed away, and so they're carrying his boots in this man's memory. Great documentary. Um, I actually have seen this. I just yeah. didn't realize that I was being filmed for it. We had yeah, we've been filmed for it, dude. Yeah, that's funny in Vermont. Yeah, yeah we we got in because I remember. Yeah. So like a few of the main guys I remember seeing at um, the yellow deli, we stayed mm-hmm. in the yellow deli with them in Rutland. Okay. Um, and actually that's near there is where I think it was the day before Rutland when we were at that uh, little stand and we got filmed mm-hmm. um, and, but didn't make it in. We didn't, we didn't make the yeah. cut, but we were, uh... <laughs> <laughs> we were, we were filmed at least. We were filmed for, yeah. for the that, that's... documentary. I remember like with like the Sierras and everything um, being interviewed by the AP and I made, I made to the front cover of the uh, LA times for uh, making oh, it through the Sierras. I remember that dude. I saw that. Yeah. And that, that was pretty cool. But um, 
it, it was I really hoped like it would be pushed further and like I could get more stories out there but um, they kept mine and my hiking partner's stories pretty brief because I told him before like while he was talking to the guy I was like don't don't tell him the crazy stuff we don't want to fear monger like yeah I was like, tell him the worst things were getting sunburned. And so yeah. that's what that's what he did. He's like, yeah, the worst thing were the the sunburns from the snow reflecting <laughs> on your face. And that part did suck, but I yeah. mean, starvation and you know, thinking about like murdering people for food, that was a little bit uh crazier. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh man. Oh, just so I, I was just trying to ask you something. I just forgot it. Great. Oh. Yeah. So that that was awesome. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I don't even know what to get. How do I pivot from here? Well, do you have any la- <laughs> do you have any last words, dude? <laughs> any last words? Um dude, no, I have to uh Well, it seems like the theme with the, uh, your podcast right now has been being around like hiker trash and what it means to be hiker trash and all things hiker trash and and the abstractness nature of hiker trash. I don't have to be a hiker per se to be hiker trash. And, and um, in truth of that, I, I would just like to tell people to tap into their hiker self, hiker trash self a little bit more. And what that means is to... Um, study what it means to be wild, study what it means to be free and to be curious about the world. And a lot of what I think hiker trash is, is tapping back into your younger days, whenever you were curious about the world and excited and to get back into that. And a lot of it too, is like a cringy nature too, you know, like, like um, I'll never forget on the PCT, one of the days that helped me feel like oh like we've entered into like full-on hiker trash was whenever we quit using words and just screamed at each other we didn't say anything anymore we just had our things that we'd scream picky would scream he'd be like grind that burger and he would just always yell that and then the sonny would just go people 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 and and i would yell galiki and we just screamed that at each other and that's how we knew that we were around and it was cringy it was dorky it was stupid but it was like we entered into where we didn't need to use words anymore. We just made sounds and screaming and throw rocks. And I was like, shoot, we are full on <laughs> hiker trash. And that was, um, that was a, that was a great feeling. And and for people to experience a little bit of that, it's extremely liberating. So that's my uh, finishing notes for people to tap into a small snippet of what it means to be hiker trash and, and feel what it's like microdose your hiker trash. Yeah, no, I think that's true. I think that's true. I think a lot of times we view of like jumping up in society or being becoming more mature as this like being more serious. You have to be serious, yeah. and if you're if you're not serious, and that means you're not mature. That means you're not really thinking through things, and you're not being an adult, or you know, I don't know, doing things right. And I don't necessarily think being mature and being serious are. um go hand in hand. I think you can be silly and be the wisest person ever. Um, Definitely. There's, there's so much wisdom, I think, in being just a goofball um, because it's, it's therapy, it's coping. It's, um, it's a way to connect to people too, um, a way to let go of that ego. Cause I think a lot, a lot of times, sometimes people think adulthood is about this. It like correlates with this ego where it's like, Oh, I gotta be the serious, um, yeah, responsible. And, and by all means, you don't want to be like a terrible destructive force, but you want to, 
you want to still create stories. You want to still have fun. The minute that you start feeling that you're angry about each day is the minute that you're like, I need to start changing what yeah. I'm doing with my life. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think too, is like you, just because someone's silly is like, also there's people who are silly and self-aware. I think being self-aware yeah. of their silliness too is important and not just being some fucking out of control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Controlled, uh, controlled silliness for sure. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't be yelling at people. Yeah. You want to get a dab or you want a dab? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Don't get in people's faces. Don't, you know, you still have to think about like this person isn't in your world. And so if you just go straight up to them and just like, yell Galiki and just scream that <laughs> they're going to be like what the fuck but if you build a relationship with them and you let them kind of know like like this is me tapping into my goofy self and then you do that and then they start opening up and doing that back then you got this new connection that you haven't had uh norm or that you normally don't get in society you don't you know everyone seems to have like i hear people's jokes half the time like i, I hang around people and they'll tell me they're like they're like yeah me and my friends were so goofy like okay so an example on the Appalachian Trail whenever we were camping and we woke up and we're both we're all singing we're like my penis is shriveled up and we're all (laughs) dancing around because it's cold and these people outside who wouldn't let us camp in there after we're like hiking along they're like like oh yeah like me and my friends we really like to goof like that like you guys are so fun You, you remind me so much of me and my friends and we're just like no like you what you're bullshitting you wouldn't even let us go and camp with you guys. no yeah exactly you we weren't even part of the group we came in and like you guys just completely flat up ignored us and we were shoved in this little corner shit camp spot during a big ass storm <laughs> oh my god no actually i'm remembering i'm thinking of a different time no that's right that's yeah. right because we had literally this is in killington this is up killington and it was terrible yeah. it was like and there's like light thunder, lightning. It was torrential yeah. downpouring. And we opened the door to get into the inclement weather shelter. <laughs> and people just stared at us. Didn't say yeah. a word. Just stared at us. And nobody attempted to move anything. I think there was like only three people there. And this thing can, or I don't know how many, do you remember how many people? Um, you're probably pretty close, three or four. Yeah. Like and, that. but this, this place can sh- sleep like eight, I want to say. Is that right? Or am I? Yeah, it could fit way more, but everyone was just laying their shit everywhere, covering every single bed that you could sleep in. And didn't say a word to us, like just stared yeah. at us. And I was like, oh, hey, I don't know. And so we literally just left and in the rain have to set up our shelters. And we were in our underwear, dude. I got in my underwear. Yeah. We were just in our underwear. And then, oh, rain. I also had my rain jacket on. So just underwear, rain jacket. And we were yeah. dancing around and they can see us. There's a guy who was just staring at us from the window of the inclement yeah. weather. They can see us and hear us. Yeah. And they, they wouldn't give us an invite or anything friendly. And we just got in like to cope. I think we were all just like in full goofy mode. And so we're all singing about how our penises are shriveled up because it's <laughs> cold outside. Our penises are shriveled up. And and the next day we run into that woman and, and her boyfriend or whatever and they're she's just like oh my god you guys remind me of me and my friends we get so goofy sometimes and i was just like feeling like no like you guys you guys would be so weirded out by us like we like no they're trying to force some goofiness like one of the guys carried like a plastic flamingo or something on his back yeah and then the another person they carried they carried like a game like croquet or maybe not maybe not croquet yeah some weird like game where you ball bat or something yeah it was a wiffle ball yeah because we'll yeah. play wiffle ball. I was like, no, you won't. When have you yeah. ever played wiffle ball? Don't try to 
play that story up it's a fucking giant forest on the trail like you play that once and you lose everything and they they're like yeah we like to have fun sometimes we're real goofy and just reminded me of like some like office job where it's like yeah we on wednesday we just have casual wednesday you know you can just go in <laughs> as however you want we just like to have fun here and then you like go in one day and just like do something really fucking stupid or goofy and the the boss like can can i talk to you listen that <laughs> That was that was too much, man. You you really got to moderate it, and it was just like that's what they reminded me of. The kind of people like, yeah, we love getting goofy, and then the minute you get goofy, they're like, hey, come here, like that that shit they just did, that unacceptable. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that happened to us a lot for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, it's just like we're too much, I guess. Too much. Yeah, I remember I remember going to the grandma's house. Who was the oh, who's, is it grandma's the blueberry lady's house and like we were just completely shunned i felt like there yeah yeah we camped kind of far away from everyone else there too that night didn't we yeah i think so well that was actually that was the only i want to say that was one thing i was gonna say bring that story up because i i remember that was the one time like that day that i actually felt like my story somehow crossed lines with the actual jesus story because uh that day I thought I was like potentially getting off trail because my foot was hurting so much. I thought I had a stress oh, fracture yeah. and like Thomas Lavardi, one of the trail angels took me to get an x-ray and I got an x-ray. This is after a while I'd been hiking on it. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, this is, I don't know, man, what's going on. God, and yeah. I, the guy's like, yeah, you probably just like really strained it really bad. And then he gave me, he's like, I would recommend you're not that you don't hike, but I know you're still going to hike. So he gave me like some strong pain meds. I got mm-hmm. the pain meds, dude. And I like hiked 11 miles to catch up with you guys. Yeah. I remember hearing, I was coming up and you guys in this grassy area. Yeah. I was taking uh, a shit. I remember. Oh, taking yeah. a shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just remember, how about you tell it when I came up? Like what yeah. happened? Oh my God. Well, I mean, to set like the tone of it, me and vampire were very somber that whole time. Just like, damn, like hell yeah. Jesus is off trail. This sucks. And like, we were just really like ki- kind of like quiet reverence for, uh, for you being off trail. And then all of a sudden, like, I look up or I think it's vampire first who like looks off and he's like, hell yeah, Jesus is coming. And, and I like look up. I'm like, I remember like almost feeling like tears. Like it's been so long and it's been like maybe five hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, it was good. Yeah. yeah. I just remember you guys like yelling Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God. I felt, I got dude, like I got pumped up, bro. Yeah. I remember hiking so fast to try to catch up to you guys. And that was so good. And then we got to the blueberry ladies house, which is fun. But then yeah. it was just like more of the same. Like we just were too weird for everybody or something. <laughs> there was that the the husband there and we were like, Hey, well, like, is there anything that we can do for you guys? And he's like, you can uh, leave me the hell alone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, oh, all right. <laughs> we wanted to do like some chores to like, tell yeah. them, hey, we're thankful for the free blueberries and place to stay. Yeah, those they're just like very old and like just I don't think that they're even doing it anymore. I think they're. I remember oh, yeah. in 2018, like it was like she wasn't even around. You just like left money or something, and took the blueberries. And that's a special part of hiking too, is like being a part of that chapter of the trail that is now gone. You know. Yeah. You to experience the blueberry lady. Did you get to see the omelet man? In the whites. Omelet man. Yeah, in the oh, whites, there's an I omelet man think. who like camps out and like for like weeks in the summer, and he just like stays in the national forest, and on random roads will meet up and like make omelets for hikers in the morning. Dang, that's cool. That's really dope. I 
yeah, I definitely didn't get to experience that. I mean, during that time I was with not so bad and yeah, he was going for his triples. So he was just going for the kill and I wanted to be around him so much. I, I really wish I took the white slower, but I wanted to hike with him so badly because I looked up to him. Yeah. So, yeah. I didn't, I didn't get to see the element either. I remember in 2018, I, I was, people told me to camp in this one spot. Cause, cause I was like going to go further. Like, no, he's in the morning. He's going to make omelets. And he was like talking it up. I was like, okay, I'll stay here. I'll stay here. I was planning on going farther, but I'll stay here in the morning. I get up, didn't yeah. show up. Element man never came. But like what had happened is like they had some lady, he didn't do it for years, but some lady in like the, I don't even know, forest service or something. They like, like find him and they were trying to take him to court and stuff because they're trying. And then their story was he's competing with local businesses and something. It was just oh some, some bullshit thing. Dude. It was weird. And so he's like trying, yeah. they're trying to like kick him out of the trail and like make it like illegal for him to do what he's doing. Um, and he's just, dude, yeah. just doing some That's trail good. magic, man. Yeah. It's kind of like on the um, Pacific crest trail. There's a guy at Kennedy Meadows, Mike's place, and he has a disc golf course. He has um, an outdoor theater for people to sit there and watch and the police started getting involved with him. And I can't remember if it was to do with like the amount of hikers that stayed with him or it had to do with the drugs that were being done on his property, but (laughs) they were telling him like, you got to cut this out. And um, I think the year after I hiked, like they're starting to put a lockdown on old Mike's place, which is a shame because like before you go to the Sierras, especially like the year I went, I mean, you're, getting ready for death you're getting ready to die out there and and so it's like if you want to have like a good time and just kind of goof around and relax and take it easy forget about the fact that you might just die in the next section (laughs) mike's place is the perfect place to be yeah no i think people really forget like the the trail is great but it's also extremely shitty (laughs) and like these little things is like such a nice reprieve from like this, like grind. It's like, like it's, it's not really good for your body. I'm sure like your, your body's actually in starvation mode. Um, yeah. And you're just working. I mean, I guess maybe some people don't, but I feel like I'm every day I'm like passing my wall. Like I'm just like pushing through the wall. Um, so it's just nice to have some silly thing to look forward to anything uh, yeah. smallest yeah. thing ever just to look forward to just be like, okay, just 50 more miles, buddy. And we'll get to Mike's place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's such a, such a relief to, and I, I actually think now that I think about it, Mike's place might've been this place a little bit South of this. I can't remember now that I think about it, I might actually have the name wrong. So if people have hiked the PCT, they're going to be like, oh, you, you, yeah, you did the wrong name. <laughs> you didn't like the trail. Yeah. What's you your accolades? Oh my God. I have to tell this story. So at the hot springs, the nudist hot springs in, in Southern California, there's this dude. And this dude is getting, he's naked and he's getting massaged from this lady, this pretty attractive lady, getting like a scalp massage. And she, this other girl is feeding him watermelon. And he's just sitting there, like, enjoying the rays. And he looks over at me and Dasani. And we're being just as goofy as me and you were on trail. Yeah. And he looks over at us. And he's like, yeah, you see those guys? They're not PCT hardened. You'll know who will make it on trail because you can tell who's PCT hardened. They're not going to make it. And I didn't hear this, but Dasani told me. And I was, like, immediately triggered. I was like, yeah. I'm going to the shit out of this guy. <laughs> and I, like, 
I like come near him and I sit by this hiker who's near him and I just like I'm like, yeah, you know, some people say that I'm not trail hardened, you know, they they think that I'm just not gonna make through a trail, you know. I fucking chase off a black bear on the AT. I've already done a through hike and I just start like going off. Yeah, yeah. Guy gets uncomfortable, he gets up and just like storms off. And <laughs> it's like, God, yeah, it's it's crazy how how people can be sometimes there's some oh, dude yeah i don't know what it is dude i think it comes from their own insecurities it comes to their own insecurities yeah and i i play into it man i've got an ego sometimes um yeah it i'm really prideful um yeah. i want to be confident yeah yeah because i remember and i'll just say this really quick but i in 2018 again so like i was doing the 100 mile wilderness pretty quick i think i was like averaging like 25s or something um and which is fairly fast for the beginning, but I mean, hundred mile model wilderness is like, you know, it's nothing too crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. and I, I felt good about it. My, I just like, felt like I was back home. I just like felt like really emotional too. I was like, this feels so good. I'm back on trail. And I remember pa- my last day I was passing a Nobo and I was going into Monson and this is like early in the morning. So I think I had like maybe 25 miles to or 24, whatever. And I was telling the guy where I was headed to Monson. He's like, Monson, really? And he's just like, kind of, I was like, and he like was questioning as if I knew how far away Monson was. And I was like, I know, I know how far away it is. And he's just, and I was like, I had been on trail before. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, you threw hike before. And I was like, well, I, I didn't throw hike, but I did like 1300 miles. And I had to like get, I hate, I just said, I was like, I'd hurt and got off just cause I didn't yeah. want to like, that's what I said. I just said yeah. that. And the guy's like, Oh, so you didn't through hike. Oh my God. I was like, I know, but I mean, I did it like a fair amount and I'm feeling good right now. And he's like, okay. He's like, well, best of luck. Don't get hurt. Dude. I was like, are you fucking kidding me, bro? Like, I, dude, you asked me where I was going. Like I wasn't like bragging. Like, oh bro. I'm doing 25 miles a day, man. Like, yeah, which isn't like anything like too crazy. I mean, at, at that point you're a no boat. Like you're probably doing 25s. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. 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 Like I'm, don't know. Yeah, it was just so, so crazy that there's just people like that on the trail and this. There isn't. It's it's crazy. Like on the CDT, I didn't experience it much, but whenever we hit Yellowstone, me and Captain Kirk, the guy who I was hiking with, we ran into this guy with the big trail family who was doing um the it's like the Yellowstone traverse or whatever. It's like going around the greater Yellowstone area. Yeah. And and he was just like like what i just went through was the hardest shit i ever went through just mud all the way up to your chest mosquitoes you you breathe in mosquitoes he's like this is gonna be the hardest stuff you guys are ever gonna hike and and we're just like oh i mean what we just went through was nothing but mud and mosquitoes and he's like well this is way tougher and then captain kirk's like did you hike the section that we just did (laughs) like and the guy's like no (laughs) it's like like don't fucking bash <laughs> on us and we go through it and it's just more of the same it was yeah. mud and mosquitoes and it was like yeah that like but this dude was sitting here just shooting us down and captain kirk was so angry and i was just laughing i was like you finally got to experience fear mongering just assholes on trail telling you you can't yeah. do that the yeah. archetype of uh not gonna lie yeah exactly there's a <laughs> lot of not gonna lies out there i hope yeah. that i hope that one day your podcast does well and not gonna lie runs into this and listens to that yeah well maybe he's a good guy and he just had like some weird like ego thing at that point and like maybe i i hope that i've never done that i've tried to really be like always pump people up and even if i like think like hey that seems like pretty tough like i I don't ever want to be someone who's like says oh you can't do that because i know there's some crazy people who have and i feel like i've done some stuff where like people have been like yeah you can't do that and i've done it so i think like just i'm pumping you up and if you don't if you don't make it who cares 
if you don't make it, but as long as you went for it, and I believe you regardless, that you can do it. You have the wits to do it. So yeah, yeah, that that really is just the whole philosophy of it. But yeah, there's a lot of like I I feel like sometimes I can be on the opposite end where I can be like under exaggerating stuff and it can make people angry because I'm so like triggered yeah. by fear mongering that sometimes I'll be like. I'll be like, yeah, you know, I mean, I had a hard time in this section. That doesn't mean you'll have a hard time in the section. Um, there's some things to look out for, but I mean, just keep a positive attitude. You're going to do great. You're going to have a great time. And I just say stuff like that and people will be like, yeah, but like, what's it really like? And I'm, eh, you know, it's, it's the trail. It's good and bad and, and just got to get through it and you'll have a great time. And that's always like how I kind of end up. And yeah. it's sometimes too positive. People don't like that. That's my biggest challenge as a hiking guide. That's something that I'm working on, just like trying to be more realistic, I guess. But I feel like I am realistic, but maybe understanding that some people have different point of views. I don't know. I struggle yeah. with that too. Because people are like, that is so hard. Like, I've never, I can do, that's like, you're crazy. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, man. That's like, you know, this is just the hike and that's the route we take. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not easy, but you know, it, yeah. what a fun time we had. You know, like yeah. I'll be always be like, but man, what a fun time! Like you're gonna have a great time. <laughs> People are sometimes like, I'm not having a good time. I'm like, yeah, sorry, <laughs> I didn't make the hike. It just, you know, this is just we're, it. We're just on it. Yeah. <laughs> <We're doing> it. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, again, it's pretty long, and I want people to actually listen to it. So I'd love to have you on again, just because, like think you had some great stories and hopefully it takes off and hope everyone checks out your youtube at vagrant viking is it vagrant underscore viking it's just vagrant then a space viking 93 on youtube and then your instagram is vagrant underscore viking 93 yeah yeah awesome man well thanks again for coming on dude and i really appreciate it and enjoy talking to you as as always yeah dude i enjoy it too it's it this was a nostalgic fun trip to do yeah yeah thanks for having me on yeah i'm looking forward to listen to your um your YouTube video on the, your next one. Well, I'm going to listen to all of them, but especially the next one where you've talked with the slug brothers. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And if, if you want to put in like any kind of part where you tell a story, I'd love to include you in it. So. Oh really? Yeah, dude, I'd be down. Yeah. yeah let me know. Tell any kind of story and, and I'll, I'll put it on there. That's. Oh yeah. Uh, or a few and I can pick some and you know, I'd love to have, have you as a part of it. The more people I can include in the better it gets. Yeah, dude, I'll, I'll, I'll think about something and I'll get back to you. Cool. Sweet. Thank you, man. Yo, well, I'm going to stop the recording and, uh, yeah. <laughs>